Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Lios Enchim Anyavu. Greetings, everyone. May the Creator bless you all. And welcome to my podcast, The Good Do E Medicine Podcast. I'll be your host, Pete Rodriguez. I'm really excited to get the episode number 13 of the Good to E-Medicine podcast started. Thank you everyone for tuning in to the podcast and uh, subscribing as well. Um, this um, podcast, this episode, I'm sorry, number 13, is going to be the start of the new series, the Itom Loturia series or Our Truth, where we have um, guests come in and talk about you know, their Yaki culture, history. I'm really honored to have the opportunity to interview our first guest. We interviewed our first guest a couple months ago. It was for a special event and we interviewed him and I'm going to share that interview with you today on episode 13. So it was an honor to interview Mr. Uh, Judge Lawrence Huerta. And a little background on him. He has a illustrious career, and he's a member of the Pascoyaki tribe. Uh, Mr. Judge Huerta, he was the uh, first Native American to graduate from the University of Law, class of 53. And he was the first licensed Native American to practice law in Arizona. And he's helped a lot, and um, the U of A actually has a scholarship program in his honor. He started, he has an illustrious career, like I said. He's helped uh, Diné, the Navajo established their college there, a couple of their court system. He's going to talk about a little bit about that, about his career, his schooling here at the U of A, and also working with the tribe, with the Pascuaki tribe and other tribes. He was very instrumental in getting um, the Yaki tribe recognized, federally recognized. He was also part of the PY Association when it first first started so he's going to talk a little bit about that and a lot of other things so like I said it was an honor to interview Mr. Judge Huerta and I'm going to go ahead and play some clips of the interview the interview was almost 45 minutes to an hour long so I reduced the content this is the first part of our series Itom Loturia Our Truth and I present Mr. Judge Huerta my name is Lawrence Huerta, C. Lawrence Huerta, and I'm a member of the Pasquayaki tribe, and I practice law here in Arizona in both Tucson and Phoenix, and then I became a superior court judge over in Maricopa County and served most of my time in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm 95 years of age, and I am very proud that I have contributed to our values that I 
experience during those uh, 95 years. I uh, can start out by saying that when uh, I was in law school, I was here in uh, the uh, University of Arizona. I was the only American Indian in the class. So I am very proud that I proceeded to finish uh, uh, the, my studies here in uh, Arizona uh, University. I can point out to the fact that when I went to work for the tribe as a lawyer, we did not have lawyers that represented clients. Bureau of Indian Affairs, the BIA, provided some spokesman to tell the story if they couldn't speak English, the plaintiff or defendant couldn't speak English, there was someone that would try and interpret what the complaint was in their native way, and there was an interpreter that interpreted what he had just said. I felt that there was lots that was missing when they had to translate the uh, complaint from the defendant or the plaintiff over to an uh, interpreter to explain it in English. To a large extent, the defendant and the plaintiff were ignorant of the conversation that was between the superintendent of uh, region and the uh, defendant or the plaintiff. They were ignorant as to what was going on because they, very few of them could understand the English language. Now there's a large amount of Native Americans that can speak not only their own tongue, but they can speak English and in legal terms since they have become attorneys. We have nowadays a battery of attorneys, and I hope that they will come when the attorneys can meet as a national group, start demanding that there be representation of the American Indian in matters such as the Supreme Court, the courts of the district courts, and local courts, where there's a population of Indian, and there's the need to have that type of representation, and I hope that they won't be long before there is a group of American Indians demanding that there be elected and be appointed 
uh, America and Indians to represent our growing Indian population in the various parts of the United States. And when I was uh, a younger man and I represented the Indian tribes, I would go around the uh, tribes and visit them and see what their concerns were. All right, Mr. Huerta continues um, on the interview, and he's asked also at this time, um, while he's traveling around the country, not only in Arizona, but he traveled the country as a young attorney helping tribes, native tribes, with their language, with their concerns, with their commerce, entrepreneurs, whatever concerns they had, the tribes, like he said in the previous clip, he was he was helping them, listening to them, and he mentions there was only a few scattered native uh, attorneys around at that time, including himself, and he we they asked him, you know, if there was anybody that could help him or inspired him, and he said there wasn't really anyone out there. So he continues with the interview and how he helped native tribes across the country. And here is Mr. Huerta once again. I, I didn't have any. Uh, by the time that I went around and advised uh, the Indian tribes uh, on commerce or how to start a business or how to ask for money from Washington to help them in their, their business. By that time, there were already some Indian attorneys scattered throughout the United States. I, nevertheless, when they requested uh, me, I was working out of Washington, and requested that I go and lecture them. I would go and lecture in the various reservations. That was the objective of my going to the reservation, to help entrepreneurs that had already started a business and were not quite making it. I would advise them as to how the other entrepreneurs worked the problems that they had. And I hope it helped some. Helping people all the time. Mr. Huerta seems like he's always giving back to his community and the native tribe, the Yaqui tribe, and other native tribes, indigenous communities throughout the country. And entrepreneurs helping him start businesses. It's very inspiring what he does and his work. And he continues to do so. He, there's that scholarship at the U of A in his honor, helping uh, young attorneys and um, lawyers get their uh, their degrees. And I'm going to continue with the interview. And just to keep in mind, the interview is being, the questions are being asked by another person. I'm going to leave that person's name anonymous for just for this episode. Maybe we'll add it later on. But for now, we'll just keep that person anonymous, and I'll just narrate in between the clips. But in this next clip, um, Mr. Huerta has asked, we asked a little bit about the Yaqui and the culture, and he explains, um, very interesting, uh, I love listening to him, he explains 
where the Yaquis were. Um, the people, he explains the word yoeme means the people. And he also explains that uh, we were here for centuries, hundreds and hundreds of years before any white person ever set foot on this land. So we're going to continue with the interview at this time. The Yaquis uh, were scattered in a revolution that took place in Mexico way before the United States had gone to the West and made claim to territory in the West. Yaquis, they had been there for years and years and years. And they, before any white person ever came around. And they uh, farmed and they were farmers. They irrigated their land with the water from the uh, Yaqui River. The true name of the Yaquis is Yoame, which means the people, Yoame. And most tribes have the name that means the people. Uh, the white man found it difficult to learn the name of the tribe, the people. So in the case of the Yaquis, the word Yaqui was picked up by the missionaries that came from central Mex Mexico, uh, building missions all the way to Northern California. Now when you say Yaquis, you're referring to the people of the, the uh, Yaqui region. But uh, their true name is, our true name is Yoame. On this next clip, we're going to talk to Mr. Judge Huerta, and he's going to explain a little bit about the humble beginnings of the uh, Pascuaki tribe. And at that time, was the it was called the PY Association. There wasn't no, we weren't federally recognized yet, and he's going to talk about the humble beginnings, how they used to not have any money, no funding. They only had a few dollars, and how they bought one vehicle. So it puts in perspective how long we've come as a tribe and to be really proud to be Yaqui and indigenous. We didn't have any power that the federal government had given to other Indians. The association didn't have that. If we needed to buy something, we went to the members of the association and they would give us uh, $10 or $5 or a few dollars here and there and we would try and make that money stretch to where we could buy what was 
very essentially needed. Then it became to where some of the businesses started to donate some money to the Yaquis, and we were able to buy one car for all of the Yaquis. Yaquis. Now we have several hundred cars. And Mr. Huerta continues. Wow, that was very inspirational, the humble beginnings. He's talking about the PY Association before the tribe got federally uh, recognized, which he was a a big part of the uh for the Yaqui tribe getting recognized. He actually drafted, uh, helped draft the constitution of the first constitution of the, of the tribe. And we're going to go ahead and uh, skip ahead. And Mr. Huerta is asked if he has any advice for young lawyers or attorneys, not only Yaqui, but all native uh, inspiring attorneys. So he has a little bit of advice for them. There is many, uh, Yaquis uh, in key positions, judgeships in every other trade, get Yaquis in key positions. Convince your parents to go that route. And if you have the ambition to go to school, you can get the federal government to help you pay the school. You have to qualify. That's not going to be just walk in and say, I'm a Yaqui, therefore you can receive assistance. No, you have to qualify. I would urge all Yaquis to make inquiry as to what assistance they can get. You deserve it. This was our country at one time. So we deserve it. I say, uh, take advantage of Very inspiring words. Thank you, Mr. Judge Huerta. That's going to conclude the interview. And again, very inspirational to go back to school. You know, you deserve it. You deserve the education. You deserve that degree. Whatever you're inspiring to do, you deserve it. You know, this was our land. All in, I'm just talking about Yaqui, but all indigenous and native people, this was our land before. It is our land, and you deserve that education, that degree, whatever you're shooting for, you deserve it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, Mr. Huerta's words of wisdom to continue to go to school and better yourself, whatever you're doing out there, whatever you're inspired to. So, um... I also wish you the best and good luck with whatever you're doing. Thank you again, Mr. Huerta, for those amazing words and this amazing interview. And that's going to be conclude our first of the series, Itom Luturia. I hope you enjoyed it. Once again, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and subscribing. And I always end with health as well. Good luck in your endeavors, your future endeavors. And I hope to see a lot of... Uh, lawyers and attorneys and whatever you're inspiring for.